0: Section 14 of Shen of the Sea, a book for children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Shen of the Sea, a book for children by Arthur Boyd Chrisman. Pies of the Princess Three plump mandarins hid behind a single tiny rose bush. The chancellor crawled under a chair. All courtiers fell upon their chins and, shivering, prayed that soft words might prevail. For no slight reason did they shiver and hide and pray. King Yang Leng was angry, and he was an old-fashioned monarch living in the long ago nowadays any greasy kitchen lout may tweak a king's beard and go forth to boast of his bravery but then-a-days kings were kings and their swords were ever sharp king yang-ling was such a ruler and more angry than is good to see his face was purple and his voice boomed like a battle-drum keeper of the treasury has all my gold been used to make weights for fishing lines time after time the treasurer knocked his head against the paving. most glorious and peaceful monarch your gold is so plentiful that seven years must pass before i can finish counting the larger bars ten years for the smaller that was rather pleasant news the king's voice lost some of its harshness what of ivory has all my ivory been burned for firewood a pot to boil The treasurer continued to knock his head. Supreme ruler of the world and the stars, your ivory completely fills a hundred large and closely guarded vaults. The king hadn't dreamt that his wealth was so vast. His voice was not more moderately furious as he asked, "'For what reason have you disposed of my jade? Do you mean to say that my jade has been used to build a stable for donkeys?' tap 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 when the treasure's head on the marble paving O oh, powerful potentate the store of green jade grows larger each day your precious white jade is worth more than green and gold and ivory combined it is all quite safe under lock and key and watchful spears the king was astonished and put in somewhat better humor His voice was no louder than thunder as he again questioned the treasurer. Then, why, tell me, why is my daughter, the Princess Chin Uor, not given suitable toys? If the treasury holds gold and ivory and jade, why is my daughter compelled to use toys of common clay? The treasurer could not explain. Monarch whose word compels the sun to rise. We have pleaded with the wee princess Chin Uor. We have given her a thousand dolls of solid gold with silver cradles for each, cradles set with rubies, and the dolls have eyes of lustrous black pearl. For the princess we have made ivory cats and ivory mice for the cats to catch, two thousand of each. For the princess we have fashioned from jade lovely tossing balls, wonderful dishes, and puppy dogs that bark and come when called. Yet the princess ignores these things and makes mud pies. Mud pies! Mightest Majesty, I do not know why, unless it may be that the princess is a girl as well as a princess. A trifle relieved, King Yangling passed into the garden. Beside the river bank, he found his daughter, the Princess Chin Uor, or Princess Many Dimples, for that is the meaning of Chin Uor. Nurses standing near kept watch upon wheelbarrows spilling over with golden dolls, but Chin Uor had no thought for such toys. Her royal hands shape the tastiest of mud pies very pretty pies they were made of white clay the king said littlest and most beautiful daughter the golden dolls are longing for your touch why do you not please them it is not seemly for a princess to dabble in clay then why do you make pies the princess had a very good answer ready "'Because, Daddy, I want to make pies. "'This nice large one is for your dinner.' "'The king was so shocked that he could say nothing more. "'Mud pies for a king's dinner? Such nonsense!' "'His Majesty was scandalized at the thought. "'He departed in haste. "'But the Princess Chin-Uor smiled and needed more and more pies.' And when she had made enough, she placed them in a wheelbarrow and trundled them to the palace. And now the story changes. Far away to the west, in a mountain named, huge rocks piled, the famous dragon, Lung made his home. This fierce dragon was a creature of consuming greed. He was ever hungry and anxious to dine, a rabbit or an elephant. Nothing was too large, nothing too small. A turtle or a jellyfish. Nothing was too hard, nothing too soft. A man he considered fine eating. Boys he liked somewhat better. Girls. Girls were far superior to boys in the dragon's opinion. Much sorrow this ferocious loon had created in his majesty's kingdom a reward of one hundred silver pieces had been offered for the dragon's horns two hundred for his ears magicians had worked charms to slay him only themselves to be slain hunters had loaded their jingles with yellow paper and had fired where the dragon was thickest fired where he was thinnest only to be eaten their guns with them Made angry by the loss of so many people, King Yang Leng marched an army into the mountain of huge rocks piled, and the army was well armed with thumping drums and fifes and smoking guns. Then the dragon became doubly furious and ferocious. To punish King Leng Yang, he resolved to visit the palace. That, he knew, would cause the army to be withdrawn accordingly at the hour of deepest slumber darksome mid of night he prowled round yang lane's palace seeking entrance he had no easy task upon the king's door were pictures also the word qi written in gold and so that door was well protected the queen's door likewise was dragon-proof it was covered with whole sentences taken from the black book of Hugh Po, Master Magician. The door that led to where Princess Chin-Uor slept was made strong by magic words and symbols. More of Hugh Po's sorcery. Useless to prowl there. Dangerous to prowl there. The dragon was a knowing beast and prudent. The signs were against him. Hence, he tarried not, but crawled down the hallway and leaving. A wheelbarrow stood in his path. He could not pass to the right. To the left he could not pass, nor could he leap over the obstruction. But the dragon was not one to be baffled by such a weak and wooden contrivance. His huge mouth opened, and his white, hot breath rushed forth. In a twinkling, the wooden barrel vanished. Like a butter cake dropped upon the summer sun, it melted, burned to a cinder of nothingness. Now the wheelbarrow, thus destroyed, was property of the little princess chin Uor. In it had been golden dolls, dolls of the princess. The dolls were dolls no longer. Under the dragon's fiery breath, they changed to a pool of liquid gold. The hard gold became soft and flowing. In the barrow had been pretty mud pies, pies of the princess, under the dragon's burning breath, they were changed to discs of stony hardness. The soft clay took on a hardness as of flint. The princess had wished her pies to dry, and her wish had been granted. Next morning, the palace, from presence room to pantry, buzzed with excitement. Oolong had dared to intrude within the royal dwelling. It could not be doubted. HE HAD LEFT HIS FOOTPRINTS IN THE MOLTEN GOLD, AND THE GOLD IN HARDENING HAD PRESERVED HIS TRACKS. WITCHES AND WIZARDS CAME TO MAKE MORE ABLE CHARMS. MESSENGERS GALLOPED AWAY TO SUMMON THE DISTANT ARMY. LET THAT REPROBATE DRAGON RETURN IF HE DARES. IF HE DARES, LET THAT REPROBATE DRAGON RETURN. THE COURTIERS TREMBLED AND GASPED. PRAY MAY THE WICKED LOOM NEVER RETURN never, never return. But little Princess Minnie Dimples played with her pies and was happy. Her pies had been baked to a queen's taste, or rather, to the taste of a princess. Beside the river, she worked faithfully in wet white clay. Such beautiful pies. I do hope that nice loom will return, said Princess Qian Uor. He is such a fine oven. I shall make a hundred more pies for his baking. Pie after pie, even the nurses helped. Instead of saying, Please, will your royal highness not play with this lovely doll? They said, Please, is this one rounded enough? And please, shall I scallop the edges a trifle deeper? And shall I imagine that this one contains cherries or radishes? or whatever it may be that the makers of pies would say in a royal kitchen. So a hundred pies were made and wheeled to the palace. In reality, they numbered a 101, but the odd one was so thick that it must be called a cake. How be it, that is not so important as you might think. Night followed day, a habit that most knights have. The soldiers slept as they had been ordered not to do. The hour approached when clock-hands pointed to the highest sky. Midnight came, and with it the mountainous Mountain Lung. Unseen by those whose duty was seeing, the dragon entered King Yang-Leng's courtyard, and there he was perplexed and paused. The king's door was a hodgepodge of magic signs plastered with yellow paper. Vain to think of entering there. The queen's door was upside down, best charm of all. To think of entering was vain. The door that led to Princess Chin-Uor's sleeping chamber was written thick, with words to still a dragon's heart, circles to dizzy his head. Say what you please. The witches and wizards had done good work upon that door. Their charms were written with clearness and force. The loom dared not take a second glance. He felt his limbs grow weak Wisely hastened he from the spell guarded threshold. Now in the reign of the Emperor Ming, a crazed and knavish fellow known to the world as Wing Do, invented a contrivance called by him Look Through the Wall, but which we of today call a window. His invention gave the Emperor Ming a severe cold, and Wing Do came within a sword's width of losing his ears. But more of that later. Here it is necessary to say only that look through the walls became popular and many such were to be found in King Leng's palace. In the princess Chin Uor's room were many windows or windows and hard to believe those windows were unguarded either by charm or by apple wood beam, which is as good as a charm. the dragon pass by such a fine chance? Could he pass the window and not have a try, when he had come with purpose to do harm? It is easy to imagine the thing that happened, and yet not so easy as may seem. The dragon's lumpish head entered the window. His deer horns, his rabbit eyes, his snake tongue, all entered, and easily enough, a ponderous, sofa cushion foot he placed upon the window ledge crash and smash and clatter the nurses awoke and screamed save us the princess Chien uor awoke and said shoo the soldiers in the courtyard awoke and lighted green fires as they smote their drums saying come if you dare help help the dragon was already awake awake to the danger Promptly, he vanished. Such noise he could not abide. King Yangling came with a golden torch. Greatly, he was pleased that the lung had been routed. But Princess Chin Uor was far from pleased. Indeed, she was fretful. From the floor, she took a sliver of flint-hard clay. My pies are all broken. All, all are broken, mourned Princess Minnie Dimples. I HAD THEM PLACED IN THE window, AND THE DRAGON KNOCKED THEM DOWN AND BROKE THEM, AND BEYOND DOUBT, SO HAD HE DONE. THERE WERE THE PIECES. STILL THE KING REMAINED CHEERFUL. HIS LITTLE DAUGHTER'S SADNESS PASSED UNNOTICED. HIS MAJESTY SAID, YOUR PIES, MY DAUGHTER, ARE EXCELLENT FOOD. LET NO ONE DENY IT, BUT EVEN BETTER ARE THEY TO GIVE WARNING OF THE DRAGON'S NEARNESS. Your pies have provided me with a wonderful idea. Hereafter we need have no more fear of the loom. Ho, general, awaken your soldiers again. Let them march to the river. For a week the king's army did no other labor than make mud pies and liked it. The pies were given heat in giant ovens were baked into stony hardness. Then they were placed throughout the palace in windows, upon tables, chairs, upon chests and shelves, high and low and everywhere. Even on the chimney tops were rows of glistening pies. The slightest misstep by a prowling dragon would have caused a din most tremendous. The royal dining table was a shining whiteness covered with mud pies. So numerous were the pies of the princess that no room remained for food, but that was no cause for worry. The king merely ordered that his rice be placed upon a baked clay pie. Mandarins who visited the palace were much surprised at what they saw, a king eating from common clay. Nevertheless, their own tables were soon covered with Princess chin U's pies, for the king, of course, set all fashions. And so we modern peoples speak of our plates and cups and saucers as China. China, is it? Yes and no. China is merely our way of pronouncing Chin Uor. Our plates are merely thin copies of Princess Chin Uor's pies. End of section 14. Read by Ellen Adams.